0: You are listening to the Embassy Church Podcast, and here is today's message. Growing up, and so what I wanted to say is, is I feel like they, my parents gave me a great jump start in my faith, and uh, they were able to get me started young. I was able to take what they gave me and, uh, and build on that. And I really feel like that's what gives me a qualification. That and I'm thankful for my parents putting so much in me so young. Um, and I just wanted to take a quick second and encourage any any parents here today who have kids, young kids especially, to take the time, make sure that you instill uh, godly values, godly character, God Bible lessons into their hearts young. Teach them how to hear God. Teach them how to obey God. Who knows, maybe one of your kids will be up here one day too. I didn't think I would be, but here we go. So are you ready? Okay, let's get into it. Uh, today, if you're a note taker, I've titled my sermon, Fear the Walking Dead. There's a popular uh, TV show on right now uh, with that title, or, The Walking Dead or Fear the Walking Dead. I, I don't watch it. It's not my kind of a show, but maybe some of you do. I, I'm not sure, but it's it's like the... The uh, zombies versus the humans, the good versus evil, a cl- kind of a classic story, the, the alive versus the undead, right? Um, but did you know that over 2,000 years ago, Jesus was also in a struggle with the walking dead? Anybody know that? Well, let's, let's take a look. Okay, we're going to go in our Bibles today to Matthew 15. We're gonna read the first 20 verses I'm gonna read from the ESV. Feel free to follow along with me, and your Bibles are on the screens. Then Jesus and then the Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. And he answered them, And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded: Honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles Explain the parable to us and he said Are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth? Passes into the stomach and is expelled but whatever but what comes out of the mouth Proceeds from the heart and this defiles a person for out of the heart come evil thoughts murder adultery sexual immorality theft false witness slander these are what defile a person but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. Okay, so I'm just going to take a minute, and I just want to break down the characters in this story for you. So there's there's a crowd. We know there's a crowd. Um, we can assume the crowd is thousands, and we can assume that because Jesus just finished feeding five thousand people with five loaves and two fish, and he's about to feed four thousand people with, uh, I think it was seven loaves and some fish. Okay, so there's there's probably a lot of people here because he's in between these two stories where there was thousands So there's there's gonna be a lot of people around Um, Then we we obviously we have Jesus Um, Jesus is the son of God the the son of man Um, He's well into his uh, earthly ministry at this point and um, he's going around uh, doing miracles uh, healing the sick um, casting out demons and preaching the gospel this is what Jesus is up to at this time. Um, then, then there are the disciples. The disciples are 12 guys, uh, regular dudes. Jesus picked, hand picked to be kind of like his apprentices, to help him uh, in the ministry that he was going about, um, doing, uh, doing the work of the ministry, but also just helping him out with everyday things. These were, these were the 12 guys that Jesus picked to be close to him. And then we have these, these other guys, the scribes and the Pharisees. So I'm going to take a couple minutes and tell you a little bit about scribes and Pharisees because it's important to know who these guys are and what they're about. These guys, they weren't priests, but they were a a sort of religious leader, and they loved rules, Um, but not so much following the rules as much as making you follow them. (laughs) That's what they loved. That was their thing, okay? So... Uh, In the Bible, in Exodus 20, Jesus gave, uh, not Jesus, God gave Moses the Ten Commandments and uh, basically to summarize his law. That's what he wanted the people of Israel to live by. What these Pharisees did is they went through the first five books of the Bible and they took everything that God ever said to anybody and made a rule out of it. And there was over 600 of them. I found something that said 613. I didn't count, so I don't know if that's accurate, but we'll say we'll in that ballpark, okay? And they be, then on top of those 613 rules they found, they began creating their own. Um, so, for example, one of the Ten Commandments was to remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. The Pharisees were part of creating 39 categories of what work meant, So they decided what work meant. You know, really, in reality, if we have a relationship with God, God will reveal to us uh, what work means for us. Because what was work for one might not be work for another. But the Pharisees decided for everybody, this is what work means. And they they made these 39 categories. And then they divvied it up into subcategories. Like by the time it was done, these guys had thousands of rules. But a couple of the subcategories for this one law would have been that on the Sabbath day, you could not take too many steps. If you got to a certain amount of steps and went past it, you uh, you sinned. You you did not obey God. Okay. Or if you wrote uh, more than a certain number of letters in one day. If you if you liked to write letters and on the Sabbath and if you wrote too many, you disobeyed God. That's a, that's a problem. Okay. So these guys were nitpicky down to the down to the little things. And then I just wanted to read a little something uh, that Jesus said about the scribes and Pharisees, because it's always good to know what Jesus has to say. So in Matthew 23, I'm going to skip through the chapter just a little bit, and I'll read you a few verses, starting at verse 1. Uh, Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, "'The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. So do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do. For they preach, but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on people's shoulders.' But they they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by others. And I'm going to go to 13. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. For you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter to go in. Verse 25. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you clean the outside of the cup and the plate... But inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence and woe to you scribes and Pharisees hypocrites for you are like whitewashed tombs which outwardly appear beautiful but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanliness so back to the title did you did you catch that at the end there what are they full of dead people's bones the walking dead. Okay? All right. Okay, so now that we know uh, who's in this passage, uh, let's begin to break it down. And, And what we're going to do is we're going to try and identify several characteristics of walking dead and hopefully gain wisdom on how to avoid that in our own lives. Okay? That's what we're going to go for today. Are you ready? All right, let's do it. Let's do it. so the pharisees they come to jesus and they ask him a question in verse two and the question is why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders for they don't wash their hands when they eat okay we as humans uh, we can be very concerned about our outward appearances uh, about equality amongst us and um, no one getting any special treatment Uh, but in 1 Samuel 16:7, 7, when, when Samuel sends, was sent by God to uh, appoint the new king, uh, there were many of these guys that he was looking at that were aesthetically pleasing. But God says this in verse 7, Do not look on appearance or on the height or in a, of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. These Pharisees, where they're at, they come and they ask this question, and it's not even a question about the, the law of God. It says here it's, the, it's, the, it's their tradition. And so this, this question uh, is not even really a valid question, and, and Jesus makes that clear right away because he doesn't really answer it. He, he, he continues on. Um, it's not a good question. What I love about Jesus is, is that he answers their question with a question. And you'll find that he does that quite often. Um, throughout the Bible, you'll see that a lot. Um, so it's like Jesus doesn't even view their surface question as relevant, but he goes and he asks them a heart question. So my first point for you today, if you are a note-taker, uh, if you're walking dead, you won't be asking the right questions. And because of that, Jesus may not be able to answer the way that you think he should okay here's a little example of uh of, of uh, asking the wrong question for you that maybe will help you understand if i'm uh if i've got my quad out and my kids see me i've got the quad i'm on the quad the quad is started the quad is running and uh my kids come up and they say dad what are you doing You know that's not the right question you know that's not what they really mean to ask what they what they mean to ask is dad you're on the quad can I come for a ride that's what they want right that's what they want sometimes in our immaturity we will ask God God what are you doing can't you see I've got bills can't you see I've got problems Um, But God, the creator of the universe, he, he holds the whole world in his hands. He knows what he's doing. Amen? You see, Jesus is not trying to get into your world. He's calling you into his kingdom. He's not trying to improve your life in this world. He desires that you would die to yourself and join him in the resurrected life and live truly, fully alive. Amen. So if you feel like God is ever not answering your questions, maybe it's because you're not asking the right questions. Okay, we're going to carry on. We're going to move on to the the next little chunk here, uh, verses 4 through 9. So Jesus... Jesus answers their question with a question, and then he says, "'For God commanded, honour your father and your mother, "'and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. "'But you say, if, it, if anyone tells his father or his mother "'what you would have gained from me is given to God, "'he need not to honour his father. "'So for the sake of your tradition, "'you have made void the word of God, you hypocrites. "'Well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, "'The people honours me with their lips,' but their heart is far from me, in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Another one of the Ten Commandments was that you were to honour your father and your mother. Um, But the Pharisees went on and they conjured up uh, one of their home-brewed ideas that uh, because they were special, they could, uh, instead of giving what they had, uh, giving themselves, giving what they had to the needy and their parents, and it was very important in those days that you took care of your parents. So, but instead, they could give, they could give all that they had to God. They could just fully pledge themselves to God's service, and they didn't have to, uh, to do this command that God had given everyone. Uh, basically, they felt like they were using what they had for a higher purpose, and they were exempt uh, from following the law of God. So that brings me to a second point. If you're walking dead, you'll find ways to justify what you want to do rather than obey what God wants you to do. And that's a slippery slope, church. Uh, this, is, this is what makes Christians unappealing when we, when we pray, or when we say and when we preach one thing, but, but then we don't do it. When, we, when people know that we're supposed to be a certain way, but then we don't live it. This, it's a... It's a um, you know, we need to obey the Father. His ways are higher than our ways. He knows the way, and Jesus is the way. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to keep on. I'm going to keep on rolling here. Are you, is it good so far? Is anybody getting anything? Okay, let's keep going. Uh, verses 11 and 12. Well, 10, 11, and 12. And he called the people to him, and he said to them. So he's talking to everybody now. Hear and understand. It is not what goes into the heart, mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth this defiles a person. And then the disciples came to him and said. Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? Uh, is verse 11 confusing to anybody? It could be maybe a little confusing. Jesus does take it and breaks it down for us later, but at face value, it could be a little confusing. Um, just, Jesus definitely didn't live in a, in a time when there was McDonald's, because uh, if he did, uh, what goes in can definitely defile you. Um <laughs> Lord knows after service today, there's going to be enough uh, Big Macs, Whoppers, and uh, bacon eaters going down. People will be defiled. <laughs> but we'll come back to verse 11 here in, in a minute when we get to the end of the chapter when Jesus breaks it down for us. And in verse 12, it's interesting. Uh, so Jesus gives everyone this little, this little nugget of truth in verse 11. And verse 12 tells us that the Pharisees are offended by it after Jesus gives them this insight. So my third point this morning is, is that if you're walking dead, you'll be offended by the truth rather than set free. It says in uh, John, John 8:31 and 32, Jesus says that if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Jesus gave this truth to them in verse 11, but because these guys are walking dead, they get offended, and the truth is either going to be very freeing for you, or the truth will be very offensive to you. So it's all about making sure that if we hear the truth, making sure our heart is in the place to receive it, to bring freedom, not to bring offense. And if it does bring offense, to turn that into, into realizing the truth. Amen? Amen. We're going to keep on going Uh, into verse 13 and 14. um, He answered after, after they said, hey, the Pharisees are offended. He says, every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be rooted up. Let them alone. They are blind guides. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Now we can get, uh, there's several things that I, when I was looking at this that we could get out of, out of this, and, and I uh, didn't have time to like fully go through everything, but uh, you know, verse 13, it reminds me of Re- Revelations 3, 15, 16, where God says that if you're to be either hot or cold, and if you're lukewarm... God will spit you out of his mouth. That, you know, every plant not being planted by the Father will be uprooted. Kind of a similar thought. Um, But what really stands out to me about about these verses that I wanted to share with you this morning is is that Jesus calls these guys blind, and then he says to let them alone. So Jesus healed blind people. That's what he did. He went around healing blind people. That was one of the things he did all the time. And uh, but these guys who are spiritually blind, walking dead, he says to let them alone. Interesting. I don't know about you, church, but I I uh I don't ever want to find myself in the position where uh Jesus says, let Aaron alone. Uh that doesn't sound like a good place to be. Uh, not not good, not where I want to end up, um, but as I was thinking about it, it, it kind of it kind of brought a contradiction in my mind about something so how many of you know about the parable of the lost sheep so there's that there 's the parable where there 's a shepherd, and he has a hundred sheep, and he 's counting them up, and he, he gets to his tally, and there 's ninety nine one is missing okay so and then what happens is, is this shepherd, he leaves the 99, and he goes after the 1. So to me, I, in my mind, I was like, well, this seems a little contradictory to what he's saying in verse 14, because he says, let these guys alone. Where in this other story, he goes after the 1. So I, was, I, I did some thinking a little bit about that. And uh, this, is what, this is what I believe, that, that there's a big difference between getting lost and off track, And walking dead. Here's an example for you that I'm gonna I think I think works well that I'm hopefully help you maybe understand this thought a little more. Um, Me and my wife uh, we've uh, been married almost nine years. We've been best friends for over ten. We still have a good relationship. We still love each other. We're still growing in our love for each other. Uh, At least I think you can corner her after and double-check but (laughs) so I'm going to present to you a couple scenarios. Scenario one is uh, tomorrow I wake up and I start a midlife crisis. So I go out and I buy an expensive fancy new truck. I cut my hair. I start attending a chess club by day. And uh, by night I, um, I start going uh, for appies with all my friends 10 years younger than me every night at Montana's. I haven't necessarily done anything to hurt my wife, straight up, and, but she, uh, I I believe in this situation, what would happen is that she would, she would come after me. She would try and, you know, you know, not come after my, so much my body, as much as my soul, my spirit, and be like, hey, what's going on, man, you know, and she would help me find my place again, Uh, you know, wherever I'd gone off track, whatever was, uh, had made me gone astray, I believe she would help me find it, find my way again. Scenario two is um, maybe not necessarily just tomorrow, but over the course of time, the days going forward from today, uh, I stop complimenting my wife. I stop trying to help her around the house. I stop helping with the kids. I stop doing the things that she likes to do. And, you know, get really selfish about it and then I, to top it all off I take what she is doing and I tell her, these are the things, the things you're doing, these are the ways you could do it better <laughs> right so at first I feel like she'd probably just be uh, annoyed but over time, this is going to create a separation between me and my wife um, and uh when we get off course when we get a little lost I believe that Jesus is going to pursue us but when we have junk in our heart that's causing us to walk dead it creates a separation between us and God and that's what I believe the difference is it's for these Pharisees and why Jesus said to let them alone instead of like in the story of uh, of the hundred sheep of the 99 so point number four if you're walking dead you can become separated from God. Give me a second so I can keep talking. That one seems really heavy, but it's it's what's in here. It's what's in the Bible. And, um, you know, I, again, I remember that, uh, you know, God can heal blind eyes. But there's, but some, when it comes to the heart, he can reveal things to us, but it's up to us to deal with it. Amen. Okay. We're getting near to the end of, uh, of our passage here. And uh, now all of a sudden, after Jesus has been talking to the Pharisees, Peter pipes up. So I'm just going to read the last portion again, and Peter said to him, explain the parable to us. And he said, are you still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone." So yeah, it's interesting that uh, Peter pipes up now. You know, right off the bat, he's like, look at the Pharisees. They are offended. You know, uh, look at those guys. They're at it again. You know, I don't know what his attitude when he said it was, what his tone was exactly. Maybe it was out of fear. I'm not sure. Um, But he didn't right off the bat ask Jesus for an explanation. Right off the bat, he was looking at other people. And... um, but now, you know, Jesus has, has said, oh, you know, the Pharisees, they're blind. Uh, uh, they're going to be uprooted. And I'm leaving them alone. And I think the light bulb went on for Peter, and he's changing his tune. And he, I, think, I think he's identified that he doesn't want to be bitten by the Pharisees' religion. Did you catch that, bitten? Yeah. <laughs> um, He wants to know exactly what Jesus means. He doesn't want to be the walking dead, but he wants to be fully alive. He wants Jesus to show him, how do I not be like these guys? What are you you really saying, Jesus? So Jesus gives it to him straight. Uh, In verse 17, he says, whatever goes into the mouth passes through and is eliminated. Uh, My three-year-old has a much more colorful way of describing that process. I don't know if anyone else, uh, it's, not, it's not quite that <laughs> eloquent. Um, verse 18 tells us that it's the things that come out of your mouth are words which come from our heart, those things defile us. I just wanted to uh, just read real quick Matthew 12, 33 to 35. Jesus is again talking to uh, Pharisees in this, in this portion. And it says, either the tree... So what's in your heart? That is the heart of the matter. And, it, and it'll bring me to my last point, that if, if you're walking dead, you're going to produce bad fruit, like Jesus mentions in verse 19. And though that fruit will defile you and cause you to continue walking dead, because that's, that's what's inside of you. That's what's going to continue to keep coming out. Jordan, my man, would you be able to join me for a few minutes? Play some good vibes. I'm not quite done, but we're we're getting close. Um, We've come to the end of this text, uh, but I would like to finish with one more scripture. You know, Jesus gave us this list of things that uh, come out of our heart which can defile a man, and Paul gives us a similar list in Galatians 5. Um, And Paul also uh, in Galatians 5 gives us a list of the good fruit that can come out of our hearts And I think it's important that we end on that All right, so if you want to turn and if you want to read along with me, that's where we're going to go over to Galatians 5 here Uh, And I believe verse we'll start in verse 16 (laughs) That's perfect (laughs) But I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law the law like the Pharisees were under all the rules now the works of the flesh the bad fruit are evident sexual immorality impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, the good fruit, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control against such things there is no law and those who belong to christ jesus have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires and if we live by the spirit let us also keep in step with the spirit there's no law against these things these are good things things that we want to be coming out of us church. There's nobody saying that you can't love. You can't love somebody. There's nobody saying that you can't be live in joy and live in peace. These are the things that Jesus desires to cultivate that we cultivate in our hearts. And it shows that what is inside is good. What's inside our heart is good. What we're put so it shows that what we're taking in is good and what's coming out is good. I titled this sermon today fear the walking dead not because I want you to go around um, examining and picking out the points we've talked about today in other people's lives that's that's not why I said it to be afraid of the of people that you that you might think are living this way that's that's not the point of it the point of it is rather that that you would fear any of the walking dead that may have found its way into your own heart that you would examine and take stock of what's going on in your heart. You know, the devil, the devil can't fill your heart. Sometimes we blame a lot of things on the devil. We give him a lot of credit where credit's not due. He can put ideas, he can, he can uh, you know, you can happen to look at things, but at the end of the day, it's not the devil that puts things in your heart. That's what you and I do. And uh, it's up to us to take inventory on, on what's in our hearts. And uh, we're, we're nearing we're nearing the end, and I just wanted to give this opportunity for everyone. Uh, I'm not going to call anyone to the front or get anyone to raise their hands, but I do just want to take a minute. I'm going to turn off the mic, and we all take a minute or two, and we do that. We take inventory. We respond to this message today, and we ask the Lord, what's in my heart, and what is there anything that you would have me um to look into that I might change to be more like Jesus. So I'm just going to turn off my mic for a minute. My friend Jordan's going to play and let's just let's just all do that for 1 minute and then then I'll uh, end up and I'll give it back to Scott. Church, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Instead of not asking the right questions, let's stay in a strong relationship with Jesus and trust that he knows what he's doing. The question should never be, is God trustworthy? But rather, am I trustworthy for God to use? And instead of justifying our own selfish desires, let's obey Jesus and obey God's word, for it is life. And when you hear the truth of God's Word don't be offended let it set you free in the areas that you may feel restricted and bound up stay rooted in Christ don't let anything separate you from his love and finally rid your heart of any bad fruit and works of the flesh by crucifying your flesh with its passions and desires that would keep you from that would keep you walking dead and fill your heart with the fruit of the